Hello, everyone, and welcome to Call Your Hits, a Stormriders Airsoft podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Today, I'm here with John, and we're going to be talking about a recent Airsoft game that we played. And in fact, it was our first game of the 2022 Airsoft season. So we're really excited to get out there. Uh, The weather here in Newfoundland has been a little bit dicey, a little longer than we normally would like. And because of a really bad winter, the field had to delay opening uh, in order to be uh, able to accommodate players in in a safe manner and so on. So that was their business decision, and that sort of pushed us back for a few weeks. But here we are, first week of May, and... And uh, we're playing our first game of the year. So safe to say, obviously, uh, in Newfoundland, unlike uh, in other places in the world, we have a very long off season. So it was uh, really great to get back out there. Definitely had an itchy trigger finger, so to speak, which is a problem for me, as you can imagine, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so I know, John, we were really looking forward to to getting out there. Like, what what was going through your mind? Like, what was the thing that, got, had, that you were, like, the most excited about? Oh, man. Honestly, just hanging out with all the guys. That was the most exciting thing for me. It was just to get to see everyone, see what new kit they got for, like, in the off season. Try out the new kit that I have. Well, I mean, it's just, like, some modifications to my rifle and stuff like that. But, like, nonetheless, I was still eager to try it out and just, you know, get back out there. Yeah, man. So I, I know for me, like, I definitely feel the same way. Like, I was really looking forward to, to hanging out with the guys. And I had... You know, a, a couple of extra pieces of kit uh, from over the over the winter that I wanted to try out. So I had um, the the riser for my optic, which I didn't really have last season. That was a bit of an yeah, issue yeah. for me. Uh, and I had uh, well that dangler that I bought from uh, uh, Mick, the custom made the uh, Swedish M90 uh, dangler that I had. So a couple little bits and pieces that I really wanted to get at. And of course, I I did pick up a run cam. Unfortunately, there was some. Uh, charging issues and I was a little bit out of sync with that and I, it wasn't charged for the game but anyway point is had a bunch of pieces that uh, that I was excited to try out and see how they how they would go did you I can't remember did you have a few things that you were looking to try out well I mean I guess my my airsoft gun was kind of like the biggest thing because uh, you and I did some upgrades at the tail end of the season and last year mm-hmm. and I think I think if my memory serves me correctly I played one game with like the upgrades yeah or maybe I think so yeah maybe we didn't maybe we didn't even do that we i think we did like pictures and stuff at frontline yeah 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 and that was like you had it i think for the training day but you you trained with your ak that day or whatever but yeah i think you're yeah. right like that was october yeah. and we never uh yeah you never that's used right it yeah because yeah. i thought it was like august or something that we had done it so i i had the notion that i was you know gonna i had already feel my my I guess you could say new airsoft gun for lack of a better term, just with all the upgrades, it was just, it performed and felt and handled, you know, a little bit differently. My mindset was changed because of it. So, um, I, you know, I was eager to keep, I was eager to try it out. And, uh, I think that's kind of like where my biggest issue was. Oh yeah. Was, yeah. My air, like the Mark 18, I don't know. I don't know if I like the upgrades we've done to it. Oh, okay. Which like, in what like, way? Well, I don't know. I just felt clunky behind it. I'm not used to the length. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take that as you will, boys. Um, 
but yeah, it's a lot longer than I had thought. You know, I had, I printed that 3d printed like handgun and that was sick, but I also found like, it was just kind of just, I don't know. Something just felt weird about it. I, I don't know what it was. I mean, there was, there was a little bit of wind, mm-hmm. but every shot I was taking was going and zipping off up and to the left. So I don't know. I, I, I felt like I should have been hitting shots. I, I should have been, but I wasn't. Yeah. And you know, I just tried to like, I'm obviously I was dealing with some injuries and stuff like that coming into the season. Um, that was kind of like preventing me from, you know, moving effectively, um, yeah, stuff like that. So, I mean, it was kind of like my first bad day of airsoft, which is like a shame to start the season off on that. But I mean, it's only up from here. Yeah, that's very true. But it's interesting yeah. what you're saying about the upgrades. Cause I mean, on the one hand, like I, I can definitely un- appreciate what you're saying. I, you know, yeah, yeah. not feeling clunky behind the rifle, but on the on the flip side, I mean, you don't have a lot of time behind it either. Um, you have a lot of time behind shorter rifles. Like I think about, you know, the Mark 18, even your AK is not that long. Uh, oh, your your foul is, you know, relatively sh- on the shorter end, I would say, not like the super a- short. Yeah. The AK is actually the lot, lot, like the longest rifle that I own. Really? Which is, yeah, dude, it's oh. like, it's, it's like leaps and bounds longer than the Mark 18, even with the suppressor and the stock fully extended, which is hmm. weird to think about. Um, but it doesn't feel like that in the hand. I don't, I don't know what it is, but, um, yeah, this, this just felt weird. I'm not used to it. And I like, obviously I've been fiddling around with it in the off season and stuff like that. But it's different when you're put in the situation, like in the Most in definitely. the off season. Like one of the things I noticed, you know, doing ready ups and doing shoulder transitions and stuff is all fine, and you build that muscle memory. And I think I'm certainly at a point in my uh, career, let's call it, in my time playing airsoft, that yep. even a couple of months off is not you know, erasing the muscle memory that I have, right? Yeah. Like, and, and just as to, as an example of that, like Stefan handed me his AK to give it a, to give it a shot at the, the yeah. game the other day. And I raised the AK up on target and my thumb mm-hmm. did the, the selector motion <laughs> that you do on an AR. Cause I've done it like what hundreds and thousands of hundreds of thousands of times by now, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And so like, I don't think a couple of months is really going to undo that, but at the no. same time, like, when you're back in a situation where there is, you know, not like the stress, stress, but it's like you're trying to do things quickly. You're trying to, there's stakes, right? There, Like the stake is if I don't do this quickly enough, someone's going to, uh, is potentially going to shoot me. So it Definitely. really, it reframes that problem. So when mm-hmm. you're doing your ready ups and you're learning your manipulation and stuff, it's one thing to do it on the flat range, uh, so to speak. And then as soon yeah. as you hit the airsoft field, it's not that all that goes out the window. Um, yep. But you got other stuff going on too, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I felt going back to the last podcast I did, you know, I was really harping on the idea of being loose. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't feel loose this time. I felt like my I felt like my rifle was just a little too complicated. Mm-hmm. You know, do you do you know what I mean? Like, does that make any yeah. sense? Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I, I felt the same way um, just during the games and stuff like there were times and I sent a video to the to the group chat and I posted on the discord as well. Just a little clip where yeah. I'm I'm behind the old two story structure. This was yeah. I can't I think it was when you played the assimilation game or something like that. So I'm behind the old yeah. two story structure and I'm I'm on the outside beneath the stairs and mm-hmm. I decide that I'm going to go out from that position, move to the next position, going for to hunting for another player or whatever. Yep. And I just about step out and I, I second guess myself and I'm like, you know what? You should reload before you go do that. Just do an admin load. No big yep. deal. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I tuck back in real quick and then I start doing my admin load and it's just not really working for me. Like I, yep. I'm trying to get it out of the mag pouch to put it back in and all this kind of stuff. And as that happens, a player is starting to run towards me, the yeah, enemy yeah. player, right? And what my, my reaction was to do was to dump whatever I was doing, draw my sidearm and shoot him, which yep. I have done that very, very seldom in Airsoft, right? Yeah. Because really, I always feel, and you know, the whole, it's like, oh, it's faster to draw your sidearm than reload. That's not true, <laughs> right? We know that that's not true. So yeah. I probably could have problem solved and finished my reload in the same mm-hmm. amount of time that it took me to draw my sidearm. But in my mind at the time, I was like, just forget it. Just dump it, draw your sidearm. And in the actual video, when I watch myself again, I see a a lot of that same stuff sort of happening automatically. So you dump the rifle, the pistol comes out, I fire five shots, I uh, I hit the guy, I fired five shots because the first two I know I hit the cover in front of me, so I like, I plugged five shots. He called it, he, turns out he never even saw me. I didn't even know if my sidearm was gonna work because it was kind of colder or whatever. I shot him and then immediately I put the sidearm away, drew my rifle, finished the reload, put the mag in back in the pouch, right? Which is sort Mm -hmm. of what, you know, big boy rules, right? You should sort of do that. Yep. And I have I, I had this gnawing feeling that if this had been later on in the season, I probably wouldn't have fumbled around as much. It probably would have been a little cleaner because yeah. I really did. I, to be honest, like in my training uh, at home, like on my spare time and stuff, how many times have I done an admin reload from a crouch position in my full kit, right? Uh, yeah. Next to a piece of cover, like watching what's going on, right? Like in those conditions, like not very many. Yeah. Right. And so that really reframes everything. And again, it's sort of just the getting the getting back on the saddle, right? And and relearning yeah. some of those things. Thankfully, the, our season is quite long, or like we said at the start, the off season is quite long. So yeah. consequently, everyone is learning those lessons at the same time as you are, yeah, which is kind of nice. It felt like I felt like everyone besides you and Matt, and actually, I felt like everyone there wasn't rusty. I I felt like I was the only rusty one there, which is, I mean. Now that I hear your side of the story with that, that drawing your pistol and stuff like that, you know, you sound like you were, you were a little bit of, a little bit of hesitation. You're like, should I do this? Should I do that? How do I, how do I proceed? Like I've done the drills. I know what to do, but when push comes to shove, how are you going to react to that? And you, you, I mean, you acted accordingly and effectively, I think, but I I don't think I could say the same for myself during that entire performance during that day. Hmm. Like, I think it was just like I wasn't confident. And that was the first time in oh god, I have no maybe 10 years that I just wasn't confident in like my, my ability because I was like my rifle is not give me what I want it to give. Um I got to relearn how to use it again. Um like I got to find my place and that's that was kind of like the theme that I had going like mentally throughout the day it was like what's my place in this? How do I, how do I work it to make myself mm-hmm. effective? And I mean, you really need a lot of hours in game to figure out your place. And, you know, I'm sometimes I can be a very impatient person and I want the answer now, but I have to take the shortcomings where they happen and how they happen to really understand how to find my place in it. Now, now as like with more upgraded gear, you know, proficient uh, airsoft manipulation and stuff like that. And when it comes to the, the, the rifle and stuff like that. And these are all the things that I, I kind of, 
now that I'm looking back on it, are, are valuable lessons to learn. And mm-hmm. it kind of changes my perspective on the day because I'm of the day, I should say, because, you know, I was pretty down on myself. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I was I was really down on myself because, uh, you know, I just I, I wasn't me. It was like someone else playing. I mean, yeah. sure, that's we can draw that to, you know, injuries and stuff like that. And how do we how do we push through that? And how do we think? How do we use our brain sensibly when, you know, there's other variables like our body saying, oh, your shins are really acting up. Ooh, that weight you dropped on your chest is starting to act up now. Uh, how do we how do we problem solve that in the airsoft field? And these are lessons I, I you know, I've learned the hard way. Uh, from the other day it's funny that you mentioned as well like your upgrades with your rifle and like the the accuracy issues because like you had no trouble hitting me in the head from 100 feet away when we were on the same team that game (laughs) yeah yeah, dude. right yeah (laughs) Uh, i think it's just it's just funny and i I like i'm ribbing you about it because we laughed you felt so bad at the time and it's like that kind of stuff happens right like it's not it you know to me that's not a big deal. Like I certainly wasn't upset about it because, well, firstly it didn't hurt. So I, at the time, like I'm yeah. like, okay, whatever. Um, Dude, I saw, and, I saw your face and I was like, Oh, he's disappointed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's always disappointing when you get blue on blue. Right. But at the same time, yeah. like it, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. And it's, again, it, it's a good, all of that it comes packaged in lessons right so like you can look at that and go oh my god i can't believe i shot phil i'm so stupid blah 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 but at the same time like let's flip the script here and say like why was i out there without you knowing about it right yeah yeah i mean i told you my train of thought as to from my perspective of what led me to do to engage you when Mm -hmm. i shouldn't have and i mean sure there's definitely a lesson to be learned from your side of things as well i mean that's the thing about the first game. You don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work. And yeah. we, we found out the hard way that the radio was not going to, your radio was just wasn't transmitting. So yeah. No, and that's no, I wasn't receiving. receiving. Right. Yeah. And this is, this is part of some of the issues that you have when you have a long off season like that. So, um, so I was having issues with the PTT on my radio. So basically um, when I plugged my uh, PTT into my radio, um, I, could not hear anything. So my, my, I have those, uh, ear more M32s, which mm-hmm. are enhanced, like, um, enhanced hearing or whatever, and like amplified hearing or whatever. Yeah. So I could hear fine in, I could hear that portion, but that's self-contained to the unit itself. Right. But sure. then it, it, it talks to a PTT, which is on my chest rig. And when I connected that to my radio, the microphone would transmit fine, but the the hearing would not make its way to my to my headset so there's a mm-hmm. loose wire in there somewhere and chris is going to help me figure that out because he's a wizard with that kind of stuff yeah. but the challenge with the again with the long off season is certain pieces of your gear it's kind of hard to test if you're just at home right yep. so like i could have plugged in my radio as much as i want to if i don't have someone else trying to talk at me I'm not going to know that there's a problem until I hit the field. Definitely. And that's the case for not just radios, but like if you live somewhere where you can't actually test fire your rifle, for example, before Mm -hmm. you get to the field, how are you going to know if it's still in in working condition, right? So for for us, like we have the opportunity where we can do a bit of teching on the off season and all this kind of stuff, but that's not going to be everybody's case. So, and again, like my sidearm is a great example. Like I'm not shooting that in my house, 
right? Yeah. And I don't really do any teching on my sidearm as I talked about in my gear video. Like it's just stock or whatever. So mm -hmm. I have no expectation to think it's not going to work, but it might not. So when I shot that guy into the stairs, my first reaction when I, uh, when we came off the field, I was like, dude, I didn't even know if my sidearm was going to work. Yeah. Right? You took a risk. Yeah. You definitely took a risk. By and doing so, that. and that's 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 the case with some of the pieces of kit. Like if you're if you're not able to really keep you know keep them in use a lot of times, if they just sit there for a while, I mean, it can happen with your lipo batteries too. If you store them for like five months at the time and you don't store them properly, for example, they might not work the way that they should, and so on and so oh, forth. I didn't so, know that. That's good yeah, like it, it can happen. It's very rare. It depends on the quality of the batteries. I think I haven't really had an issue with the ones that we use, like the, the Nanotech Turnigy ones, like they're fine. Yep. Um, but it certainly can happen and it can be random too. Did you um, did you have some so, battery issues on Saturday? Um, I had some battery issues with my with my um, audiovisual equipment, so my cameras and oh, okay. my, all that stuff, but not with my airsoft gun. Those were best kind. I got a question. When we were playing that uh, ro the road game, mm -hmm. uh, and you were on the tires on the left side of the road, and you said, yeah. "I'm down for a second. What what was going on there? I I had to swap my battery uh, for my gun. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh okay. And that was preventative. I didn't know um, if it was actually down or not, um, but I I felt like the. Um, the rate of fire, or not the rate of fire, excuse me, the the, cy the cycle rate of the gearbox was going down a bit. Okay. And I was like, mm, I haven't changed my battery all game. This was, let's say, in the, in the later half of the day. Yep. I had already shot a fair amount by then, mm -hmm. as is my want. So <laughs> there was a bit of a lull, and I was like, okay, now's, now's as good a time as I'm going to get in this game, basically. Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, until I get hit, and then I can do it back at the, at the spawn or whatever. But I was like, no, nah, I'm going to do that right now. Sure, you could have just told me I want to shot you for free, like I did, anyways. Yeah, well, that happened later, but um, <laughs> later that game actually. But yeah. but the point is actually, and I'm I was pleased with myself because I I think that was a pretty quick battery swap on my end. It was, it was. Uh, I was I was pretty happy about that, and uh, I got the chance to use that little uh, admin pouch or um, that helicopter pouch that I got from Mick, and it's really small, and I think it's going to take me a little while to get used to where exactly the zipper is compared to the other one. The other one yep. had a much more accessible zipper from like a, a crouch position yeah um this one is not inaccessible it's just not where i sort of expected it to be so again comes down to how much have i really played around with my kit um, yeah yeah i would say maybe try lowering it a little bit because uh, i'm sure listeners of this podcast know phil's chest rig by now um mm -hmm. and when it's fully loaded like it it sticks out of quite a quite a bit i mean double yeah stacks. that's a fair point Maybe if you had a, a little bit lower, you can give yourself a bit more play, a bit more access to it. Yeah, um, great idea. Because and I just on Velcro, of, it's easy enough to just haul it down, right? Definitely. I I just, I just kind of noticed that you were kind of struggling to like you were tucking, you're like puffing your chest out at one point, trying to get it, get at it, so you could get like the get the give you needed to do it. Yeah. Totally. So uh, something you mentioned earlier, and that I think it's gonna, I think it's really motivated my, it's really influenced my playing. Um, talking about admin reloads mm. um we've really kind of you and I, I i feel like we've kind of moved away from the speed reload aspect of things you know what i like i feel like more often than not i'm always doing an administrative reload more often than i'm doing it like a, a fast reload and Definitely. i think that's just coming down to i mean that's just comfortability with like the our airsoft guns and we know we know our magazines we know our capacity we can put i've i've shot x amount 
approximately this game. I should probably do a reload now. Yeah. But I found that there was one point in the first game that I rent, I was bingo on ammo in the magazine I was using. So, and that seldom happens. I'm usually pretty, pretty on top of that stuff. And this is kind of, kind of influences like my mindset a little bit. I have, I've taped up uh, some pole cord, uh, some 550 cord to each one of my magazines just to, you know, just to help index that mag if my, if my hands are cold or anything. And my hands were cold that day because I don't run gloves. Mm-hmm. But being in that kind of sticky situation where I'm needing to get a magazine and I tried about two or three times to get it and I, I just didn't, I just couldn't index it. So I think now gloves are something that I have to, I have to, I probably, I need to get to you know, like to have that better weapon manipulation index my magazines a bit cleaner because my hands are stiff and, you know, a little bit slower than they, they are on a hot summer day. I, yeah. I found this. I found this this first game very instructive, very Definitely. instructive, and more instructive than like any game from the past like two seasons. Well, it's interesting because I think you you really you sort of lose sight of it too when you're when you're not playing. Yep. Like you can train and you can practice and you can do uh, all kinds of stuff. And that can be really fun. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I, Chris often said, you know, he likes training just as much as he likes, likes playing. And that's, that's legit. Like it's not for everyone for sure, but it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's legit. But when you play, like you learn in a different way, like you really learn from your, like from your mistakes, but also from the situations that occur on the field. And I think we definitely had several, several things that happened that day that were moments you did, if you're looking at it from a purely like performance improvement standpoint, you can take a lot from that. Like if all you're looking is to, to have a little bit of fun, like that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I know that you had a bit of a rougher day. I had a great time. I had a lot of fun, but there's a lot of moments where I was like, man, like this is a lesson. And mm-hmm. also moments where in my mind, I felt a lot looser than yeah. I had in the past. And Again, like applying some of the things that we've been t- trying to to really apply some of the things that we're talking about. Like, yeah. um, there's a few games where I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, I'm going to shoot. And I'm going to move. Like, I don't care. It's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would go behind a piece of cover and I would fire a couple of shots. I asked Pat this question um, in our last podcast and this or that. I said, would you rather uh, fight from uh, oh, would you rather have to fight from only one spot or have to be have to move after every time you take a shot? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my mind, I was like, you know, that might be actually a cool way to try and apply some learnings on the field. Like you shoot from somewhere and you got to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And so yep. there's a few games where we're playing in the village where I'm like, I'm going to try and apply this a little bit more. Like I'm going to go here. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to shoot and trying to stay loose. And when we did that sort of speed QB game, like later on, on the, um, on the Blackhawk field, which is really like uh, a speed QB field, right? It's just yeah. little tiny bunkers, different heights, and then a very, very, very small field. Yeah. Um, that was again, really, really instructive, like a really good opportunity to be like, Hey, I've been here too long. It's time to go right? Or he doesn't expect me to be here. Like, this is a 50-50 fight. I need to go somewhere else, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, since we've had that conversation about how my mindset is when I play a game of Airsoft, that it's really like, it's, it's, it's some of the opposite for me. Like, I feel like I've just retracted inwards a little bit more, and now I'm starting to doubt myself. I feel like I feel the pressure 
because I've talked about it. And I feel like everyone <laughs> knows how I play, and which is completely like not true. I mean, well, I mean, it could be not. It could be true. I don't I don't know. But I just feel like there's a, an added bit of pressure because I've, I've discussed and I've actually vocalized how I think and operate on like the field. And I've never done that before. It's all been instinctual. Now that I've had to think about it, I'm like, now I'm thinking about playing airsoft. You know what right. I mean? Instead of yeah, just totally. playing, which is, which is so weird. And uh, I mean, that could just be the anxiety of having, like, having a bit of a shitty day. I think, so I think there's, from my perspective, I really didn't notice a whole lot of difference in your playing uh, on mm-hmm. the field. Um, like your attitudes and stuff were still the same. Like there are lots of times I'm behind cover. You're like, fill a gun up. And I was like, yeah, but, but I'm tired. No, but you know what I mean? Like you're just yeah, shouting yeah. at me, like gun up, whatever. So that was great. Right. And you were still moving around and doing that stuff. I, but I understand where you're coming from because yeah. for several years, I had a rifle that was not able to do things consistently for me. Yeah. And that is your primary tool, yeah. right? You can move around on the field as much as you want. You can be the sneaky guy. You can be the fast guy, whatever. If anytime you pull the trigger, your rifle doesn't do what you expect it to do, that is a yeah. problem. Yeah, right? it's like I just I just don't know where to aim. I don't I don't know where you don't know where to are. aim. You also don't know what is the result going to be, yep. right? You pull the trigger. Am I actually going to hit this guy, or is I, am I going to just miss him and he's going to hit me instead? So all of that creates this environment where you're certainly you, now you have a bit of uncertainty that's sort of creeping in. Yeah, and then you layer on the fact that. You're not feeling really good because you ha- you're dealing with a couple injuries, right? And then you know you're dealing, you're you're adding on the fact that now you're also s- stressed about, oh, am I thinking about my game too much and all this kind of stuff? And then you're compounding all these different elements that are destabilizing where you were yeah. six months ago or twelve months ago, let's say. Definitely, and that's not necessarily a bad thing in the sense that. Well, I mean, obviously your injuries are a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. That is just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. bad. But like the rest of it is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, those are things that now, now that you know what's going on, you can be like, okay, well, I need to take steps to address that. So with your rifle, you can take steps to go out and zero it and yep. get to a point. And I mean, I'm going to go out and do the same thing with my rifle. So I mean, we'll go together, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like you zero it and you get dialed in. So you're like, okay, I know now that if they're a hundred feet away and my dot is in this position, you know, eight out of 10 times, I'm going to hit it. Right, because yep. I, I say eight out of ten because it's airsoft. Like if you're looking for ten out of ten, you're not going to get it. Right, but like <laughs> yeah, eight out of ten times, I'm going to hit it. So we're zeroed. We know. So we're comfortable with that. And then you add on the different layers, like one bite at a time. It's like, all right, it's zeroed. What's my next yeah. problem? Like, well, yeah. oh well, sometimes if my mags are overfilled, it doesn't feed correctly. Okay, well mm-hmm. now we're not going to overfill my mags. Right, like all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Now you're going to count how many pumps of the speed loader you're going to give it. Yeah, like, for sure. Like- that's what Kosh was doing uh, on Saturday. He was, he was counting out loud, saying, all right, for my P mags or whatever magazines he had, he was like, all right, like 13 seems to be the match number for me, so I'm just going to count out loud. Yeah. And I was like, dog, yeah, that makes sense. That's smart. That's that's smart. And, you know, I'm at the point now where, like, my magazines, like, the springs are starting to slow down. Like, the magazines are old. They've probably been around since dinosaurs roamed the earth, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so maybe since your dad played even that long, whoo, dude, we're talking birth of the universe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm thinking maybe now is the time to start taking, like, I, I think I went into the season. Well, I went into the first game with all these, like all these upgrades 
And like now I'm in the process of simplifying those upgrades. And I think that's like the job of the first game is to teach you how to simplify your kit to get you the, I mean, more comfortable with what you have in terms of like your upgrades. And you, you know, there's the excitement that you have, like I'm going to hit the field and I have a longer barrel. I have a new hop up unit. These mm-hmm. are all sweet. And, you know, I'm super com- confident in my abilities because I know I have the upgrades, but it's maybe the upgrades maybe are a bit of a downgrade until you get those you know, properly zeroed and dialed in and stuff like that. And it's just simplifying your kit. Like I know now it's like, I feel like since I added the sling, now I have all these different upgrades. There's more things for me to think about trying to manipulate all while trying to process what it, what it is I'm dealing with on the field at the same time. So right now it's the great pullback for me in terms of my kit and how I organize it and how I like how I kind of the process of elimination of how to how to achieve the best the, the, out, the most desirable outcome, which is obviously not getting hit and winning the game. Mm-hmm. And you know, looking back on it now, I, I I'm I'm happy uh, that I failed, and personally in terms of like I might not. In your eyes, I might not have failed, but for me, I was a bit of a failure to myself. And I, I, I got to say, love it or hate it, episode eight of Star Wars, Yoda's line, fail, the greatest teacher failure is. And yep, that's totally, something that, that's like, that's like my mantra for life. Um, every failure is a learning opportunity and you have to accept that failure in order to grow and be better. And now as we're having this conversation and I'm vocalizing my kind of like my anxieties and shortcomings and my failures, I'm able to like process those things a little bit differently, which is, which is sick. Well, yeah. And I think, you, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like if everything had gone great, what yeah. exactly would you change next game? Well, probably not a lot. Right. And so yeah. then it's going to be the same stuff over and over. Like the whole yeah. reason that for us that we do this is we're constantly trying to get better and push ourselves exactly. and stuff. And I remember a few years ago, you were tired with the Mark 18 because you're like, well, I, I feel like I'm not progressing here because mm-hmm. I just know it, right? Yeah. And so now you're looking at other stuff. You're looking at the FAL. You're looking at the AK as different ways to challenge yourself. Well, now you're yep. back on the M4 platform <laughs> yeah. and it provides a new set of challenges for you to overcome, right? Definitely. And uh, they're all valuable. They're all valuable mm-hmm. lessons. And I think also just even having sort of the wherewithal to stick to it and go, okay, well, I am going to learn. I am going to get better. I am going to improve in this space is rather than just saying, okay, well, I'm going to just revert back to what I know. Or like in your case, it would be nothing for you to just be like, yeah, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to wear a World War II kit all year. Right. And not focus <laughs> yeah. on this problem, which you could yeah. totally do and be totally Definitely. cool. And yep. as an airsofter, you're doing it for fun. So who cares? But yeah. On the flip side, you have this opportunity to come up with a solution, right? And definitely, that's that's really where your um, where your attitude is 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 going to be really important. Definitely. You know, we had we had some challenges, like uh, just in terms of gear. We had some challenges in terms of game. Not everything went the way that we wanted to. Uh, that yeah. game that uh, you uh, uh, you shot, you team killed me or whatever. Yeah. We ended up losing that game. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily sure we would have won, even if that hadn't happened. Right. Yeah. Because of the way the game was going. Right. Yeah. That was one of those weird games. That was one of those weird games. I find the road in terms of like a, a like in terms. I think for the first half of that game, we were completely dominating. We were we had 
everything covered. We just got a little antsy. Definitely. We just got yeah. a little antsy. I know Kosh on the left wanted to move up a little bit. Simon, the new player, wanted to push up to the berm. We kind of overextended ourselves. You and I held our pause, and you know we assessed the situation. We had our angles, and we were able to give accurate call-outs to each other. I think mm-hmm. maybe, looking back on it, I think I know where the shortcomings team-wise that that we we kind of struggled with. And because of those struggles and those overextensions, we lost the advantage and ultimately lost the game. I'll tell you, there was a few times during uh, that game and a couple of other games where maybe it's because I have the helmet scrim on my helmet now, but yeah. I felt invisible. Like, yeah, man. Totally invisible. Like, I remember playing that game. Uh, I was uh, up front, like that tire game, that, uh, excuse me, that road game. I was up uh, up on the tires, like in front of you or whatever. Yep. And you called out, uh, hey, Phil, you know, like Matt's on the crow's nest on the left. And I turned and he's probably, I don't know, like what the distance is there. I'm going to say like 60 feet, yeah. 70 feet, something like that. I was going to say something similar. And he similar. stood up behind a piece of cover, completely open to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Conversely, I am just completely open to him, but he yep. does not see me for whatever reason. And so I, I fired like three or four shots. Uh, I hit him, hand went up. Great. No problem. Later on, that very same game, uh, this is just before you shot me, actually. So Kosh <laughs> is pushed up on the... And I don't keep harping on it to, to make you feel bad, but just to keep no, you a, a time frame of reference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kosh is pushed up on the left, back on the crow's nest again. And I'm mm-hmm. on the boardwalk, sort of not far behind him, uh, uh, on his right. Yep. And I'm, again, behind a piece of cover, but I'm exposed, right? Because I think he's being shot at from his, like, center left or whatever. Sure. He gets shot. Matt comes around the corner. And he is stood up directly facing me and does not see me. And I'm like, man, that's, that's way. I mean, I, and I shot him and then I moved up and then you shot me, whatever. But then the same thing when we played in, uh, when we played the, um, uh, assimilation game, when I was under the stairs and Jason ran right at me and did not see me. Like there's several times that day, man, where I just felt like, is, am I John Cena right now? Can people not see me? Because I'm standing right here or I'm crouching right here and you're looking right at me, yep. but nothing's happening. Like it was a very, I mean, maybe it is the helmet scream. I don't know, but it was really like a very strange sort of experience. Well, if you look at it, I mean, you are wearing, you're, you're a lot more concealed than you were last year. Like you have a face covering now. You have, oh, that's scrim, true. You have yeah. scrim. The, the only bit of like whiteness that's coming, like kind of shining through is just your nose. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, that in itself could be seen as a form of camouflage. If everything is dark and that's the only light bit, then that's just breaking out the outline of, you know, a face or something like that. I mean, al- alternatively, you can argue the opposite, of course, but um yeah. You were just completely concealed, and you know this is just a, a testament to camouflage and why you know armies adopt it as uh, you know speci- like they want to make it as effective as possible because it will give their soldiers the, the fighting chance they need and the leg up in certain circumstances. And you totally. just pr- perfectly demonstrated why that is actually the case. But dude, you just reminded me my Delta Mike Face Pro. Yeah, that was my first time in airsoft ever. Mm-hmm. wearing face dedicated face protection yeah and i forgot that i even had it on so that should tell you guys if you're listening to this you're like i wonder if delta mike is comfortable for me uh with a, a caucasian build for my face 
totally, totally comfortable. I had no issues whatsoever. Sometimes it was a little mumbly when I was trying to talk. Yep. But in terms of comfort, clearly, I didn't even know it was there the whole day. Yeah. Right? So that was pretty great. When I was wearing my balaclava doing the, the admin results, like kind of spoof, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I always found it was coming down over the face, like coming down over like just it was on my upper lip. Have same, basically the same layout as yours, and just kept getting gravel up in my mouth. It was kind of sl- sliding on down. So annoying, so mm-hmm. annoying. And I don't know. If maybe next time I'm just not going to wear it. But I mean, it was. It certainly offered some uh, some added warmth, which was nice. You know, another uh, thing you could potentially do uh, with the Delta mic, it has uh, the top of it is actually um, uh, there's a uh, like a drawstring, like a like a, a cord. Oh, okay. Yep. So basically, when when you have it in position, like the what I did is I put it obviously over my mouth and then mm-hmm. over my ears and then yep. basically at the top uh, at the top like rear of my head and then I just cinched it down with that cord and it has one of those you know slide slide thingies mm-hmm. slide locks or whatever yep. and just slid in place and then it did not move the, oh, the entire game. So with your you could do the same thing with a sewing machine I guess and just run. Um, run a core through it through the top or I mean one of the ends of the tube basically. Yep, definitely. The um yeah, like as time goes on, like I I've kind of towards the latter half of last season, I kind of stopped wearing a helmet and I started mm-hmm. wearing ball caps. And you know, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily what i want to do maybe i'm now i'm looking at it and I'm like maybe helmets are the way to go maybe i should get like a modern cut of helmet maybe eventually get some uh cans like what you have just you know try it out and see what you know see how it works and see how it feels because i know a lot of people vouch for helmets i mean i did for so long but they i haven't found a very comfortable one a lot of my helmets obviously are historical but yeah. they don't they're not form-fitting to you know like how your helmet sits on your head or Kosh's or, you know, anyone else's because yeah. everything else is kind of loose, kind of either too big or too small. There's <laughs> that's the thing with like old surplus military is it's, it's either you're not going to get it just right. You're just going to get it in one of the extremes, either too big or too small, but it's something I'm playing around with now. Like maybe I'll look at getting like a Mitch 2000 or something like that. Some older cut, you know, that has the ability to be modified in some comfortability like kind of sense but yeah and like i think one of the things that's important for me and my helmet is that uh, i mean it's a replica uh we talked about it before it's like a replica fast helmet right yep. and it has a, a knob on the back that can tighten the helmet band very yep. easily around your head and like the thing about it is too is like if you're not accustomed to wearing helmets that fit like that, you know, sometimes you can get, you can give you a headache or whatever, right? If you're just not used to it. And that's the kind of thing that you want to sort of test out, you know, before, before you commit to it. Right. So like you could wear my helmet, for example, for a game or something like that. And then you, you might be like, Oh my God, like um, this, this is like way too tight on my head and I don't, I don't like it. So you go a different route, but it's not something you want to discover after like half of your days yeah, and, laps, and you're like, oh my God, I need an Advil or something because my head yeah. hurts, right? I mean, ultimately, they're going to be lighter than steel. <laughs> so, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my neck has gotten pretty strong over the years wearing M1 helmets and, you know, British Mark IIs and Mark Mark II, like airborne helmets and stuff like that. And 
<laughs> so I've gotten pretty, I got quite the strong neck, but it's something I'm playing around with. Like, I know I'm, I'm talking about trying to simplify my kit and, you know, can't get much simpler than a baseball hat and your eye pro, but like, no, I, airsoft is about having fun and stuff. And I, it's also a fashion show and it's all about looking cool. So I think how it's looked so sick, but I don't have a, a good one that fits me really. So it's mm-hmm. you know, something I'm playing around with and uh, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to like maybe giving your helmet a run for a game. Um, and then probably getting a video out of that from my perspective and me being a juicer for like I don't know, 15 minutes or whatever. Uh, I, back to the, the, the mask for a sec. I got a quick question. Uh, mm-hmm. did you, did you find any, like, did you have any fogging issues? I, I didn't. I didn't have any fogging issues whatsoever. Like the way that the that balaclava is made, I think they call it a snood. It's essentially the same thing. Okay. Uh, the fabric itself is like I've seen Cal have that. Like it's like a sniper mesh fabric or something. He's called it like in the forces. It has lots of holes in it. Yeah. Uh, and then it's got the grill in the front, but again, it's a mesh grill, so okay. it breathes really well. I didn't have I didn't have any issues like with fogging whatsoever. Um, and I mean, as, as well, like I, I really very rarely have fogging issues anyway with my iPro. Um, yeah. so yeah, it really wasn't an issue. Yeah. Like, I mean, upgrading, like, I mean, my iPro just needs to be upgraded as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, the, the ESS stuff, the, like the big ones that like having, having glasses is such a detriment when it comes to airsoft because like you, you're severely limited in what you can and cannot wear. And it's, it's something that I, I really want to work on. I think maybe this season more than any other season is trying to get my eyes straightened away. Yeah. And I don't know how I'm going to do that. Like contacts just for whatever reason, just don't gel with me. I just can't get them in, which is kind of frustrating, but you know. yeah, I mean, I, I, I unfortunately can't provide any, uh, any assistance I know, in that I know. realm. Maybe if uh, there's some listeners here that have glasses like that that are fellow four eyes like myself that have some uh, some recommendations that would be greatly appreciated. I know Pat got LASIK. That's how he fixed that problem, but <laughs> it's not something that's uh, yeah. easy for everybody. So yeah, I'm, I I don't have however much money that is. <laughs> yeah, do. no question. Especially Plus, if you keep dropping it on uh, uh, World War II Denison smocks. So <laughs> we'll save that conversation for another day. Yeah. I think one of the things at the end of the day for me, like coming back to this first game that really ultimately sticks out is despite the fact that it's been, you know, like five or six months or whatever, we still ended up doing a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. And my brain just would work the same way that it always does, you know, really getting accustomed, uh, really going back to what it's accustomed to. Like, mm-hmm. how are we going to play the village? Same way we always play the village, right? How are we going to play the... the well, the road, I, wouldn't right? say, I wouldn't necessarily say we play the village in the same way because... As you met, alluded to in the beginning of the oh, podcast, true, yeah. some of the, our field was severely impacted by the uh, the winter we had. So, um, in one particular case, one of the buildings next to one of the, the usual spawns in the village has been, which is a, a building with a roof, has been moved what like ten feet. Yeah, so it's, it's completely off its base, off its foundation. So, usually, um, well. Yeah, we would have the ability to go right off the right-hand side of the spawn and just move down the village 
and that's just not there anymore. We yeah. because that that building is now obstructing it, and we can't go in the ditch. And there's additional wood and nails and stuff like that are a byproduct of that that move, unintentional yeah, it's move. Dicey. It's so dicey. like we we adopted to that challenge accordingly. I think um, so. In terms of like our individual like tactics and stuff, I don't like they. I think they're just as sharp, if not sharper, now than they have been over the course of, I don't know, the 10 years or whatever we've been playing, um, which which is great, great, great. And I'm so happy we have that ability to be able to like adaptively think and problem solve and come up with new solutions and kind of just be more dynamic and, like as a result of those things. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to now, just looking at sort of the first game, is trying to come up with a couple of different game modes, a couple of different things we can do a bit differently this year. Um, sure. To, to, you know, not just um, keep it from getting stale, but also just to to utilize the field in different ways, in ways yeah. that we haven't done that before, especially given, like, some of the areas that are so um, impassable now as a consequence of, like, the, the winter, right? Yeah. People are like, oh, well, you can't play on those fields because they're like, you know, trees are falling over and all this kind of stuff. Yep. And my argument would be like, well, that's true. You can't play the way that you used to, but that just means the sh- the, 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 the field has changed shape. So yep. how can we utilize that and play different games, right? We yep. don't know what the balance is going to look like because the cover hasn't been placed there on purpose like it is in, in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't do that. I mean, none of the cover was placed on purpose at Redcliffe and we still worked around it. So I think yeah, exactly. that's something that I, I'm excited about is what are we going to be able to do? I think about like that big fort field in particular, like the mm-hmm. trees are just like all over the place. Like it's very, very hard to move around on that field. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? That provides oh, you a lane that makes it very hard for people to traverse. And so if you're playing a, a game that's like top or bottom, for example, and that's in the way, well, that's going to shape the way that, that that game is played. So I, I'm really I'm looking forward to, well, obviously they're going to do some cleanup, but yeah. uh, I suspect they're probably not going to take down all the trees that fell over. No. Um, so, you know, maybe there'll be a really good opportunity for us to utilize those fields in a, in a way that's a bit more fun. Uh, maybe even for some scenarios, yeah. Definitely. I think, I mean, it just makes the field ultimately more dynamic as a result of it because our thought process is completely changed as a result of the, you know, the the changes that have unintentionally unintentionally been made yeah man uh, a lot of lessons learned from that very first game totally and I, and i feel like we could talk about it for hours and hours i, I don't think we need to go any further than that for this yeah. evening but like i i do think that it's important i mean if you guys are listening to to this podcast and you're saying like you know what's the big deal blah 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 like i would say your the key message here is Anytime you play a game, especially if it's been a while since you played or, you know, you're trying out new stuff, like you really got to take the opportunity to learn from the situations that you're presented with. And yeah. some in some cases, it might feel like a negative at the end of the day. And it certainly can be like you can be down on yourself. Like at the end of the day, John was said to me, he's like, I did not have a good day or whatever. But just because you didn't have a good day doesn't mean there's n- there's no value in that day. And then. Yeah suddenly when you're when you've taken a, a couple of steps back and you've gotten far enough away from it you can look at it a bit more objectively and be like okay well what does my path forward look like now right yeah um i mean 
I guess if you're having a bad day on the field, just take note of what's going wrong. And just then I don't, if you're anything like me talking it out with someone or just talking to yourself and try to problem solve those things or just vocalize them in any form, you'll be able to see things a little bit differently. At least I do. And my perspective has completely changed on the game. Like, I had all these shortcomings and all these hiccups that I've never had before in a game of Airsoft. And it's kind of informing me of the direction that I need to need to go this season. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, mine is more on a grand scale because this is the very, very first game. And this is how, this is the setup that I currently have and I intend to use throughout the season. And now it's just a matter of maximizing that effectiveness and not being so like bummed out. Cause I know Phil, you, you went some, you went through something similar with your, when your rifle wasn't performing well, similar to what I'm going through. Yeah, and man, totally. Have, having that positive mindset and taking note of what's going wrong and how can I, you know, how can I fix that and mitigate these issues benefits you in the long run and, you know, makes you ultimately a better player and a more true to yourself type player. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you find this episode educational and entertaining. Uh, As always, if you want to keep the conversation going and you want to share your experiences on your first day back after a break or the off-season, join us on the Discord. The Discord link is in the description before. But until that time, that's all we got for you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.